Thursday night, the 14th of September, for show or episode 101. Uh, why 101, you ask? Not chronological order tonight. We're saving show 100 for something big. We just haven't worked out what that something big is yet. So it's coming. I can trust me. Just trust me. Uh, we will we will slip in show 100 as it uh, goes to air eventually. But here we are with 101. We didn't want to spoil show 100. So 101, finals time, week number two. Um, there's a lot going on around the world of sport, but we thought what better um, time to talk about things that go with football and synonymous with footy. And in the back, you'll see uh, the four and twenty, the great four and twenty pie. Um, probably none better, to be honest. And uh, here it is, the great inclusion for the night. Lovey, I would inhale this in approximately at least one bite, I'd expect. Um, and cuz I'm not certain whether it'd even break up in that trap of yours, mate. It'd just sway out straight through. Or you might be a party pie man. Let's find out. Um, Let's bring the boys up for a quick chat. How are you, boys? Welcome back. Hi, mate. How are you? Good. Good evening. The great, the great pie Good debate. Good evening. <laughs> I like it. Boys, uh, what can you tell me, Lovey? It's been an interesting week around the world. Yeah, look, we'll get to the we'll get to pie stuff later, the good stuff. Uh, Correct. I will I'll We'll verify some facts or some some information you just divulged about my eating capability later on. But um, yes, very very uh, controversial things have occurred, obviously, and also uh, one or two mishaps that have cost certain franchises in world sport a lot of cash this week. So I'll dive onto those later on. But um, yeah, needless to say, I mean, based upon the name I've put up tonight. Um, that'll be my lovey loses it a little bit. Um, yeah. Not for probably the reasons many people are thinking. Uh, not it's not player directed. It's it's at organisation level. Yep. Right. Look forward to that chat shortly. Cuz, how's your uh, how's your week been, mate? It's well, I did an episode Tuesday night with um, yep. with a young man from. Uh, South Australia, which was a great episode. Matt Ward, uh, it was a great chat if you uh, boys get to have a listen later on. But tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world, mate, from the last week of renovations. Yeah, just living, living the dream, man. <laughs> We're trying to trying to organise some some bench tops, which is just... Yeah. So Jack, as you both know, my oldest son, is pretty funny. He goes, Dad, it can't be that fucking hard. Just get a bench top. And I said, okay, Mr Handyman. So him and, I, him and I might be going for a little adventure down to um, IKEA tomorrow, which will be a bit of fun, bit of bit of father and son bonding time. Right. Which could go, bit, bit, could go bit of Swedish influence into the house, mate. <laughs> could yeah. go pear shape real quick, <laughs> real quick. What's wrong with bunny, um, mate? Get down there, support your local. Yeah. Well, <laughs> support your local because they're, cause they're struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's look, we're pretty close to getting on the market, so hopefully in the next couple, probably probably wait a couple of weeks, probably do it a week after going and finally go on the market. Yep, beautiful. Good to hear it's all progressing in the right direction. Um, yep. Absolutely. All right, we're uh, – it's um, – is it pie time yet? Where are we kicking off first, boys? Do we want to have this chat first or do we want to – do we want to go with – Do we want 
Do we want to let's talk get, about let's get, I reckon we get positive with pies. Let's go. Let's go with the pies. Righto. All right. We're uh, just a, let just, everything else go downhill after that, I reckon. Just happens to be that we've got a special guest uh, tuning in tonight too. Um, this man's probably eating a couple of pies in his day, uh, no doubt. Um, and it's not me, boys, for once. Um, we need to bring him on. You boys have met him before. Uh, here he is, your coach of the Melbourne Ice, Mr. Terry Gooch Goulet. Welcome back, Gooch. Oh, yes, I've had a few pies, guys. Great to see you, Alan, Glenn. Gooch, how are you, mate? Hello, Gooch. I'm fantastic. A little annoyed that I see number 99 Gretzky up there, but I don't see a number 29, for God's sakes. Jesus. Come on, Aaron. I saw that. Sold it. Yep, absolutely. Sold it for a fortune. Oh, I bought the house. I bought the house. Thanks. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, exactly. All right, Gooch, How are you guys doing? Off, we're going to kick off this episode tonight with the great pie debate and the discussion in relation to pies. Uh, our great game of AFL is synonymous with the four and twenty pie, uh, the big meat pie. Here we go. This is it. If you haven't seen one, this is what you're about to get your hands on. Um, and it's there's no better opportunity than it comes in this great four pack. Four pack of real pies. Um, so get on that if you haven't uh, already. All right, let's talk about meat pies in general, first of all. Um, I need to go around, around the room here and just in respect of, are we talking normal size pie or are we party pies, men? Where, where are we? And is it a round pie or a square pie? What's the shape? Or is it the traveller? That's come out recently. Okay, so okay, I, I, I'll start. I'll start off really, really quickly here. Go this is going to be. Let's just knock this on the head. Anyone that thinks that a square pie is actually a pie is an absolute dickhead. Seriously, <laughs> you cannot have a square pie. There's no such thing as a square pie. That's just moronic. <laughs> um, so for me, let's just get the shape sorted. It's round every day of the week, every every bloody Sunday. Now, I get the party pies are more rectangular. That's fine. That's all right. That's not a real pie anyway. It's a round pie. It's got to be round. It has to be round. That's a square pie. Yeah, I'm with like, got to You can't have a square pie. It's got to be a round pie. I'm with Lovely on that. All right, Gooch, what's your thoughts? What happens uh, over over in Canada, mate? Talk to me about it, pies. It, well, it's got to be round and it's got to be our creation of it, I think. Uh, got to be round, Alan and Glenn, no question. And... Uh, the pies are not as big. Hot dogs are bigger than pies over there. So let me just kind of put it in perspective. Dogs? Hot dogs, you said? Hot dogs. Hot dogs are yeah. hamburgers, hot dogs. You go to a ball game or a basketball, baseball, football, uh, any hockey game, hot dogs are the number one sellers. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, now we talk about filling. Let's talk a little bit about that filling. Uh, what makes up the, the perfect pie? Um, who wants to kick us off there? I'm going to go to you, cuz. Got to be got to be chunky beef in a pie. Always. Oh, yeah, always. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's going on there? That's a good. bit of a veggie special. <laughs> we got the uh, the classic meat beef pie. Yep. Can't, can't forget your shepherd's shepherd's pie. <laughs> yep, that's an absolute love must. it. And we, we, did, we definitely did dismiss the uh, the old party pie, the old special. But the issue with the party pie, you know, I'll give you my little inkling here that you just eat way too many of them. 
Like a normal pie, okay, you can deliver at that, but the party pie comes in like an 18-pack. And <laughs> by the end, of the, the end of a couple of quarters, the 18 are gone. Um, and there's, you, you're shaking you the feel, packet out, they're gone. You feel compelled to have the whole lot, right? Absolutely. They're little yeah. bite-sized. It's, it's trouble. It's like the dim sim debate that we had not long ago. Uh, well, a few, plenty of episodes ago now, but it's a challenge. The old pie, now, for sure. Now in terms of, yeah, in terms of the filling... Um, with my food, I'm a traditionalist. Um, so when I see, I mean, I like a chicken pie. Uh, chicken pie is really good. That's got to be done properly, though. Um, when I see all these wanky things like a curry pie or something like that, I'm just, no, nah, there's no, I can't have that. I can't cop that. It's just not a proper pie. Curry is nicely dished over either some plain rice, coconut rice, basmati, whatever it is. Does not belong in a pie. Curry does not belong in a pie. Okay. Um, and I saw one the other day. It was like, um, what was it tandoori pie? I mean, my goodness me. Um, the other one I actually really can't stand is fish pie. I saw, I saw fish pie. I, I can't think of anything worse. Really, it's, it's just. Off. It's actually just it's it's just really bad. We like eating a tray of um, I don't know trifle or some crap like that. So uh, or tripe. Um, so for me, it's got to be a traditional beef. I'm with Cuz. It's got to be a traditional beef. None of that. Not too much gravy. Can't have too much gravy because it takes away from what you actually meant to be eating in the first place. So minimal gravy, lots of meat, preferably beef. Don't mind the chicken. What about the chunks? Talk to me about the chunks and the that peas. That looks horrific. The carrots. That does not right. special. Guys, that looks like one from your your gut, your uh, house that you cooked up a couple of weeks ago. It does. It actually does. Thank you very much. You say from his garden. <laughs> what about your favourite, Cuz? Have you have you strayed outside the the beef the beef pie? Oh, I don't mind a bit of when you get the old um the pep the pepper pie, beef and pepper maybe. Yep, absolutely. Beef and a bit of pepper. Um, but, yeah, just the, the beef, the steak pie is pretty good, mate. Hard to, hard to stuff it up. Righto. All right, let's 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 cover off. Obviously, on the meat pie, generally, is our staple. Let's talk sauce. Now, it's it's a big range. It's a big category here, boys. It's a big category. What have, uh, what have you got for me, lovey? What's your favourite? Is it a brand or is it a method? As far as how it goes on, or does and does it go? Well, I'll bring the next question up later. Give me that one first. What's your brand and no. what's the shape of the bottle? So again, anyone that's a wanker outside tomato sauce, all right, you're a wanker. So <laughs> it's tomato sauce only. And uh, look, you can't go past Heinz. Now I don't know which ones are Australian anymore. I don't particularly care, but Heinz for me, that's exactly yeah. the one I like. The one. That that's is the a spot one. on the one. The big shake. Give it the shake. Yep. That is exactly it, mate. That's the one. Yep. What about you, Cuz? Do you stray out? Yeah, go, go. I've got to go to Heinz. Are you a lid off, boys? Do you have the lid off the pie? Put the sauce on the meat? Lid back on? Good question. Come back to that one in two seconds. All right, let's stay on the sauce for two secs. Okay. So shake a bottle. Is this you, Cuz, or are you the old turn top job? No, you've got to have the, go the shaker. Got to need the shaker. Squirt out. A lot easier. And what about... I, I love the... I did used to love the squirter where you would squirt it and you had guests at the table 
And <laughs> the squirter at the end just wasn't quite clear enough. Yes. And a bit like when you go and take a piss here and anything, it just misfires yeah. off somewhere else <laughs> and someone else has to wear it. They're the best. Well, That's the best time. Well, the last person had used it and left a little bit of sauce blocking it, so just go off at right angles. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the classic that you get if you don't shake the bottle and you're first up, so you've cracked, yeah. the, you've cracked the case and then you squirt and it's just terrible water that just shouldn't yeah. be near your pie. What is that? Yeah. So that should be banned. There needs to be a filter. There's a challenge. It should be a filter or just well, shake it. Just, the bottle. If, you're, if you want to do it properly, you just know you've got to shake. Shake well, absolutely. Yeah. That's like what Campbell it says. Like gamble responsibly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Now we're gonna. Yeah. Um. Cuz, your question. Uh, are we lid off, sauce on, lid back on, or do you eat the lid no. then eat the, with the sauce? No. Don't fuck around with it. Chuck it on the top and just eat it as is. Yeah. You got to go traditional like this. Straight on in the. Straight game. in. In you go, mate. Yeah. There's no mucking around. You, there's you no guarantee the lid's going to come off in one piece. You don't play with the lid and then eat the meat and then half eat the lid and it's just a mess. Come on, kids. Get get used to the program here. Simple now, process. Yeah. I'm gonna um, test you. I'm gonna test you too, and anyone else that's out there that could be bothered watching this segment. Now, you've got four and twenty in the background there, as. Yep. Um it's a manufactured pie, let's face it. Where is uh where is the best pie? Where have you had the best pie in Victoria or Australia? Uh, it could be anywhere, but can you recall your favourite meat pie? Hyde's Bakery in Benalla. Okay. Great question. Yeah, it's uh, everyone's got a favourite spot, haven't they, for pies for sure. Um, we're going to bring Gooch up in a minute and get a get a pie a pie preference and also um, where his favourite pie has come from. So. For me, Glenroy Bakery. Look it up, boys. It's in a little pocket. It's very much so. A good sponsor of Glenroy Footy Club, too. Absolutely. But they're mate, superstar pies. Just some of the best. Honorable mentions to Brian's Pies in Bell Street. That's one of their greats, too. Um but there's, there's plenty of good pie shops. Sneaking under the radar is not just pie shops, but bakeries. They're, yep. they're, the, they're where the challenge is. Um, so the best place I've had a pie, uh, as you're going through the middle of Victoria or you're starting to, you get to a place called Yay. And uh, there's a, a Yay Bakery. It's just called Yay Bakery. It's really imaginative in the uh, It's... It, it, they literally their pies. You could almost tell they were stuck, that they were made from scratch right there and then, including the pastry, the whole lot, and just this thing. The pastry was thick and solid as a base. The meat chucked over the top of it, and it almost like it, it almost just it just looked like a marriage. Just looked like a really happy marriage. And I had the shepherd's pie. I had the privilege of having the jumbo shepherd's pie one day, and I've never had a better shepherd's pie or just a pie anywhere else and i said to myself i'll never ever eat a manufactured pie ever again after that and i haven't yeah fair cool um so i haven't touched i haven't touched i haven't touched a 420 pie in 12 years oh you're missing out refuse to they're going back to their back to the roots mate the original recipe it's like kfc might be owned by someone else who cares 
all about the 12 herbs and spices. So, or 11. I've put 12, haven't I? Um, Cuz, where, where's your favourite, mate? Oh, so as I said, Hyde's Bakery and Banana, mate. Just right, beautiful. Yeah. Just yeah, magnificent. Just a really good, like, like, like Lovely said, like a good marriage. Good, good pastry base, plenty of meat. Yeah. Nice. Not burnt. Good spot. Which is very important. Not to burn it. Right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quickly go back to the the shepherd's pie for a second. Tough one to get right, lovey, because it's about what's how much mash, how much meat, are the peas in, peas out, carrots in. What's the method? It's tough, tough to get it right. So the one I had, the one I had up at Yay, had carrots and peas. Yeah. Very few, very little, very little. I didn't saturate, and that's that was the whole point. That was yeah. really good. And um, what I loved about it, it felt like it was two thirds meat, one third potato. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was it was predominantly meat, good thin layer of spuds on the across the top, and um, oh, it was brilliant. Loved it. All right. Yeah, you got to get the mash right. We're going to bring on the great man Gooch to uh, to talk to us about his preference on pies. And also, where he's where around the world he's been his favourite pie. He's the jet setter. You tell us where you where's your best gooch. I can't believe I'm on a show with you three guys talking about pies. I'm just <laughs> it's all I have made it. I know now I have made it. Listen, I got a couple quick comments. You know, it takes me a long time, but uh, I I got to agree with the shepherd's pie. You have to have baked on cheese. Like it's got to be almost burnt on top. Uh, a third mashed potatoes and two thirds. With uh, meat, no question. My mom used to make it, and only peas. Carrots just uh, carrots doesn't cut it. It just doesn't make it. But there's my uh, shepherd's pie. As far as going to your traditional pies, I got really lucky. This I can't. I'm going to say it's about five years ago. I was going out to see Jonathan Cornford at Nary Warren, I think it's called, and I needed some gas, so I stopped to get gas, and I was starving. Like I needed something to eat. And it was called a Country Cobb Bakery. I actually looked it up because I, I could remember how good this was. And my favorite is steak, cheese, and mushroom. And I know you guys use ketchup. Heinz ketchup is one of the best. But our favorite, and I haven't had it here, it's actually made in Canada. It's called French ketchup. It is, un, you gotta, next time I come, I'm gonna bring some French ketchup, or as you guys say, tomato sauce. Uh, so that's where I found my best pie. <laughs> Love it, nice goose, nice. I'm concerned about the infused cheese in, into the into the no, pie. I, I like the cheese on top of the shepherd, but to have the cheese inside, yeah. No, no, I man, meant I meant on top. I meant my. I, oh, okay. We used, to, we used to bake it, and it, you know, it almost had that brownie yep. burnt feeling on top, and you had to crunch to get in. Loved it. Yeah, tough with mushrooms too. Tough to get right. So they get to balance. You got to cook them before you put them in the pie. Yeah. All right. Let's. That was our meat pie discussion. Now let's just talk. There's a, plenty of other pies out there, boys. There's savory pies. Let's just All cover right. off one or two others. And and love you. I know you're a you're a straight bat, right? You play the straight bat. You don't stem outside of the formula. But is there another pie that you've even looked at, tasted, want to want a piece of, or eat again? I'll be real quick. Yeah. Chicken pies about them, uh, my variant. That's it. Yeah, you can shove yeah. your 
you can shove your pumpkin pie, you can shove your fish pie, you can shove any other pie anywhere up your clacker. I don't care. Oh, for dessert, I'll have an apple pie as well. That's it. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Righto. Uh, Cars. Yeah, both my nans are really good cooks and they both made the best apple pies. This is amazing. The bit of cream yeah. or ice cream was magnificent as a kid growing up. It was just beautiful. It was gold. Absolutely. Gold. Gooch, have you got one for us, the pie man? Yeah, I'm going to say it's apple crumble, so it's kind of the same. Not really yeah, a pie. <laughs> uh, with with vanilla ice cream, guys, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, Let it sit there. Let us sit yeah, there for no. a minute. Just, yeah, perfect. Hey, I got to go to the fridge now. Yeah, yeah I'm hungry. <laughs> and I must admit, I, this is this mm. is it for me, boys. This is once honourable mention for the blueberry, blueberry, um, and mixed berries pie that's uh, that serves as a dessert. Incredible, boys. Guys, Nothing better than pastry followed up by pastry. How am I going? We'll drop some kilos here. <laughs> You guys have rhubarb? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Apple and rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. Apple and rhubarb. Rhubarb, yep. pie. rhubarb. Don't eat too much because you'll be sitting on the toilet. But rhubarb pie is absolutely to die for. Yeah. And you would die if you're sitting on the toilet as long as I did once. Is this is this you, Gooch? That's it. That is made in Canada. That is the real deal. And you know what? They're, the actual Heinz ketchup, which I really love too, it, they went on strike in Canada. They wouldn't. People would not go to Loblaws or the big stores, IGAs, as you know them here, or Coles or Woolies, and go and buy Heinz ketchup because they moved their factory out of Leamington, Ontario, over the border to the States. And they were using Canadian tomatoes and making them in the States. And there was a big, huge scandal. And we actually boycotted Heinz, and French was the only one to go. So who knew? Crazy. Um and you don't do things by halves. Obviously, your size of your coffees, Gooch, are the, are the big boys, right? The, the <laughs> Can I just say, because we're talking about coffee or for pies for a sec, guys, I love you guys. You know that. And and I just love everything about Australia. Melbourne's been great to me. The, the coffee capital of the world. Holy mackalarkey. The length it takes to make a coffee is a long black is ridiculous. I walk into a Tim Hortons in Canada. I got a coffee in 30 seconds. This size, seriously, extra large, a dollar eighty. So that would be like two bucks, and I, I could drink five of them. Here, I can only drink one because my heart palpitates, and it's six dollars a pop. <laughs> I can put like thirty bucks a day on coffee. I'd Gooch, you know what? Yeah, look, Gooch over here in Australia, mate. What we really endorse is you, you got to pay to actually make yourself really unhealthy very, very quickly. <laughs> That's it's actually point. what we do here. Yeah. And a shout out to uh, Gucci's coffee sponsor, 7 Eleven, where he loves it. Dollar coffees. <laughs> you know what? They're no longer a dollar. They've got a $2. So yeah, I know. They found out Gucci was buying too many. All right. there was That was a great pie debate. Um, it was uh, an interesting chat. It was just something that we can, uh, we can break up our little show about. But um, we're going to talk. I think, Lovey, we're going to kick off with you next, um, and and what happened during the week, and we want to touch on uh, on the the multi million dollar deal that just went pear shaped. So, before we do, we're going to bring up this. What's going to make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. 
Qantas, first of all. So just a real quick, quick, sharp uh, stab at them. We know that that little pygmy, that little Irish pygmy is uh, fed it off into the distance and is trying to escape as much scrutiny as he possibly can and not have to pay back his bonuses on behalf of all the 1,700 workers that he sacked. Um, that won't happen. I'm sure that the law and anyone else uh, can uh, will, will catch up with him. What I find, what I find offensive, and what I find uh, completely irresponsible and inappropriate is the nepotism in, in corporations, and and that includes sporting organisations. Probably the main theme of my crap the shits thing tonight. Um, how can you have the person who was the CFO under Alan Joyce in his full tenure all of a sudden become the CEO, and then you tell me that there's some impartiality to the decisions that were made that have got Qantas in the flap that they are right now. Not just the 1,700 workers, denying Qatar Airways a chance to participate in the market, uh, amongst three or four other things at least that have come out in the last week. How does the person who is sitting by his right side now become the person in charge and people are meant to trust that process moving forward? That's absolutely horrific. So that's Qantas. And I'm sure and I assume that that person will also be moved on once a proper review is done. I can't wait, surely. And I know the federal government will come to the show on that. No. So then that leads me to another corporation, the AFL. And we'll touch on we'll touch on later on about the whole Maynard scenario and the and the concussion and should he, shouldn't he, and all the rest of it. What I find funny about that though is that A, the new football operations manager, Laura Kane, decides on her own, to step into the process and manipulate it and give Maynard three weeks, only for a tribunal to then find him not guilty based upon their own evidence. Why did Laura do that? I don't know. No one knows why. But I find it completely ridiculous now. The AFL has been chasing its tail on, the, on head high contact for the last five years. And now they've opened up a brand-new Pandora's box for footballs, hence the name I brought up tonight. Technically, the AFL now endorses a bloke acting like a human missile and call it accidental. It's a football act. What, what's, where, where, where is the AFL going with all these decisions they made around head-high contact? Gil McLaughlin has been on his high horse for about this for three years, and he's got it wrong at nearly every turn because we're still talking about head-high contact. In nearly every other code I can think of, head-high contact, it is absolute, it is concrete. You will cop suspension, you will cop fines, whatever. In the AFL, it chops and changes every 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 half year, and it's just ridiculous. And the reason I say that is because the reason I have no confidence the AFL are going to solve this is because the Muppets that were sitting under Gill at the time when all those decisions are being made are now going to be in charge once Gill decides to move on. Andrew Dillon is not going to change what he does. And Laura Kane was also in that room and all those decisions were made. If the AFL wanted to make a fresh start and the AFL wanted to make this thing completely go away and make it absolutely clear cut, Dylan shouldn't be in the role. Laura Kane shouldn't be in the role. And in fact, it's nepotism in the AFL once again. It's not just a boys club anymore. That's fine. It is just a club. 
and there's no one scrutinising the decisions that they've been making on the head high contact stuff. They just make it up as they go, and this is why we're in the shit show we are now again with the Maynard Brayshaw scenario. Nepotism at the AFL level is the root cause of all these sort of things in the first place. Got to get rid of that. If you don't, then we'll just keep going around and around in circles again. It'll be a suspension in round three next year, and then it won't be because someone you don't want to summon to miss a grand final. That's that's just the way it works. That, that's the way it looks, and we are not fed income at AFL House. And until such time we are, we have to keep serving up this. Shit. They'll keep serving up this shit to us. Yeah. Look, I think um, I can't remember who said it during the week, but it was very much a landmark decision. This one, I think, on what happened with Maynard. Now, hundred. Yeah, it's it was about continue a guy that's had continuous concussions. Um, or multiple concussions, I should say. Yes, admittedly, his last concussion was six years ago. Now, that was the moment where. What's your opinion on that? On this discussion, first, Lovey, is just just go with me on this one. That the second Maynard goes to leave the ground, is yep. where's his duty of care? And that's what they talk about, right? And that's going to be the big statement, obviously. But I can't believe this case got dismissed so quickly in respect of just in really pretty much in legal jargon. But the second he leaves the ground, what's his duty of care? You've played enough footy, mate. And I know it's a split-second decision. I get that. But the second he makes the call to leave the ground, what's your duty of care there on who's below you effectively? So Ross, Ross Lyon asked a really good question Monday night. Where does your responsibility start? That's a great question. So for me... Um, when I mean, we've all looked at it. We were told, we've been told a number of times by both the tribunal, by the review panel, by the, the, the laws of the game itself, that when you make a secondary action, that is when your duty of care presents itself. So, yes, he went to smother the football. Now, he's put himself in an awkward position by doing that. That's part of the sport, and I get that. But then when you go, when we've been told that when you make a secondary act and you're and the football is no longer in the area, which it wasn't, and he dived into Brayshaw the way he did, we've been told that the consequence has to be that that's on you. I found it really, I found it hilarious that they actually tried, that, that and so successfully it was swallowed up, that somehow it was Brayshaw because of his kicking style and then he veered into Maynard's path but Brayshaw somehow had, uh, it's almost insinuating that Brayshaw actually had a duty of care to Maynard yeah. whilst in the, in the action of kicking. Yeah. Now, for me, that's just legal nonsense, right? Yeah. It's legal nonsense and it should lawyers should never actually be allowed in these things ever again. And I think they are going to do a review of how they go about their tribunal process and as they should, but it should be done by people that aren't actually attached to the current process. So um, for me... Maynard, based upon what we've been told in the last two, three years, should have gone. Now, I, I, I thought they would have gone for a week because I can't believe the AFL would actually think that it's okay to knock someone out senseless when, what did Zach Merritt do earlier in the year? He, co he copped it two weeks or a week. Um, Sicily, same thing. Dangerous tackles. I mean, the dangerous tackle debate all of a sudden now rears up. It's accidental. It's just incidental. I mean, this this was now, this is called an accident, an incidental contact that's now been let off. So where does that put the dangerous tackle thing in? You know, like 
when are we going to get fair income about the head high stuff? Are we just going to completely outlaw the thing altogether? Yep. Or is it going to be case by case basis of which you will constantly keep on having these debates? Yep. Um, he should have gone because there was a secondary motion after he smothered. That's tough. It sounds like it's really rough because it's a split second thing. But that's what we've been geared to. He made a secondary motion. He bumped into him. Should have gone based upon precedent. He didn't. Yep. All right. We've got a couple of other guests too, which are going to bring up for a, for a conversation on this because it's a really important topic. And and Gooch, we know well, um, obviously involved with stop concussions. Uh, yeah, understands it from a whole stack of other avenues and and where we need to be, where the game really needs to be wary of what the hell they're setting as precedents now, given what we know. We didn't know this years ago. Now what we know, we just can't be there anymore. So, Cuz, just interested in your opinion before we bring up our next special guest for an opinion, and then we're going to bring Gucci in. Yeah, look, look I'm, I'm with my... I thought it was amazing that they were trying to pin it on Brayshaw and his body movements and his kicking action. Yep. As Lovey said, once you leave the ground and you have a secondary action... You're, you're going to suffer the consequences of what your action is. It's just, that's what we've been told all sure. year. So, and that's, so what I want to get from your opinion, Carl, you've been playing as a backman, okay? You played yep. a backman majority of your career um, when you weren't on the bench. But tell us a little bit about coming forward, you know, that motion of coming forward to smother, the decision then to leave the ground, and then what do you do? You're setting, you know, obviously that happens so quickly, right? You're getting yourself in a dangerous territory because once you leave the ground, you can't control what you can do in a way, can you? Because yeah, you've left the right. ground. So you've, right. lo you've lost that base. Yeah. So once you choose to leave that base, you're up and you're, oh, shit, where am I going? Yeah. Well, someone even said to me that Brayshaw should have, when he went to jump, Brayshaw should have ran around him. I was like, mate, his head was down the whole time. He didn't even see right. him until it was too late. He was in his face. So it's just mm -hmm. a crazy kind, kind oh, of conversation. Just just one last thing before you bring on the guests. So everyone became a neuroscientist on social media this week. That was pretty funny. Absolutely, um, yeah. But the other one of the things the tribunal are going to have to sort out, or the rules of the game, is this whole fanciful notion of a football act. Not defined. It's not in the rules. Yeah. Football act is actually not defined in the rules. And mm -hmm. everyone all week, you know, all these so many people were jumping online and carrying on like pork chops saying. It was a football act. It was a football act. Um, you're going to have to define that because you're talking – because by saying it's a football act, you're actually talking shit. There's no such rule. There's no such defined law in the game that says football act. So just I think the AFL needs to really stump up and get some clarity around what it is they exactly want yep. that's either legal, not legal to do on a footy field, and that includes the head-eye contact. They have to do it. ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. And what's been dragged into the bait now is the part that we love about our game, the high-flying mark where you go and leave the ground and you make incidental contact with a knee into someone's head who gets concussed. What happens there? So it, it's opening in a whole other can of worms. I'm not saying who's wrong or right here in this discussion, but it, it just brings a whole new layer of well, confusion. Tom Lynch this year. Tom yeah. Lynch this year went for a mark and got sighted initially then let off and so we should. Yeah, absolutely, uh, AJ, um, good friend of ours uh, and, and personal um, 
a work colleague of mine, um, exactly the same. He's just mentioned that exact comment about uh, what happens then, you know, in that case. So, all right, we're going to bring on another opinion. Then we're going to bring the Gucci in for a, for a chat on on the game of concussion uh, or the world of concussion now and and how how really balanced uh, or, or not balanced, it's not balanced. That's probably the point in the argument. It's really in a point of one, this could go one way or another. This could either get ugly legally now and continue to or we can set a precedent that we can kind of move forward. It's a really defining kind of moment in sport, I reckon, um, not just this incident, but right now with where concussions is. So let's bring him on, South Australia's finest. We've had this boy on before, and he actually thinks the Blues are going to win it this year. He's and before we do, here we go. Credibility shot of, already. Well, one of uh, one of Cuz's finest videos. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! While you're still it in is. it, while you're still in it, you got a chance, and that's all that matters. Uh, righto, Sam Traps, Sam Trapolino, welcome, mate. Welcome back after so many episodes. How are we, boys? Uh, good time to be here. Um, Lovey, how's your team going? <laughs> Next. Uh, just so we clear that up, you know, yeah, because I guess we're still talking. Um, Glenn, how you doing? I'm good, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm loving that growth. I'm loving that. Like it? Thank you. I do. Lovely yeah. loves it too. So we you're the only one, you're the only one in Australia that's actually complimented it. We thought we'd bring Sam in to let us let us know, you know, the, the real way you grow a beard, just for you, cuz. because um, I know there's the jury's out, mate. I know <laughs> you're in you growth get mode. Honestly, what do uh, you just go and get hang on a second? <laughs> right out. Are we gonna Righto, Traps, give us uh, give us your thoughts on that incident in particular, and then we're going to bring Gooch on for a roundtable kind of discussion in relation to concussion. Tough one, tough one. Um, if you're if you're just a footy tragic, you you say that it's just a bad incident. Um, it, um, brace you, I feel for him. Um, it's just, and I feel for the AFL because. The moment they rule on this one, if they go and they rule out Maynard, it opens so much on the game. Like you say, it takes out the high mark. It takes out really any time you're going to leave the ground. Um, you know, when your first intention is to spoil the ball, if your first intention is to mark the ball and you need someone in the back of the hand, you, you take the head now. Um, as soon as we have a big injury, that's when we get to this. You know, all, all the near misses, you know, they don't go into play. Um yeah, uh, I I don't like Lovey was saying. If you're bringing lawyers in, this will get really really messy. And if you don't, then no one's going to protect the body. Um, I think it was the um, the enforcer movie with NHL, and they basically said to the doctors, they gave the playing rules of the NHL to these doctors and said, make the game safe. And, you know, how do you do that? You can't. When, when you're talking high speeds, when you're talking elite athletes moving and big bodies, we're not going to have people all get out scot-free and we're going to have these, you know, someone's got to be to blame. Um, and, and that's where we're at. It's um, it's a real sticky one at the moment. It's um, I see all sides, but it's either we're going to stuff up footy, which in the end kind of has to happen if the benefit of the person is the main thing. If we're if it's a straight out workplace, um, then you know we, we can't allow people climbing scaffolding without having rigging on. Like the moment those accidents happen is when you come up with a new procedure how to stop it. And this workplace is no different. So yeah. um, I think 
footy's in for a huge overhaul at the moment because, yeah, there's a lot of people going to be out for blood for, for either side. Yeah. Look, I think we're really lucky tonight to have Lovey, you know, so your background um, in compliance, that's an interesting part of what what's your duty of care here and is that is that involved really at all? Um, and and obviously, Sam, your background with OH&S um, and effectively what's what role uh, both the AFL play, the Players Association here, and their duty of care as these players come in. And then you've got your legal, legal deb- debates. So we're super lucky. I'm going to bring Gooch in. Where it's fantastic to have Gooch with us tonight because this is a really um, poignant conversation. Uh, obviously, it has been for a long time, but we're lucky to kind of be able to debate this. So let's bring Gooch on from... Uh, Stop Concussions Foundation, based in Canada, but some incredible people here. Gooch is, the reason he knows it is because he's lived it and he's still living it, uh, the world of concussion. Um, let's bring him in. Gooch, thanks for joining us again, mate. Shameless plug. Absolutely. <laughs> Great read. I, I think I could go on record. I'm the only author of a book. You can see my name there of a book on this panel that didn't get to grade 12 by passing grade six twice. And it does not come with crayons, guys. Listen, uh, great, great conversation. Great to have, obviously, um, Sammy, my buddy, obviously ambassador for Stop Concussions on. I know we make a little bit of fun of this and we laugh and joke and it's not as serious as people sometimes think it. It is, guys. It, it is really serious. And I think it was you, Glenn, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was you, Alan, that made the statement. We have these neuroscientists now on uh, Twitter, well, which is now called X, and they make these profound statements. And if you give me, I know I could talk a lot, so I won't steal the show. I want to tell you, I got to read this to you. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm going to read it to you because I don't know how to put it up. Alan Pierce is one of the best concussion experts in Melbourne, probably in all of Australia, probably in the Southern Pacific. And he has been an advocate pounding the pavement saying, guys, we've got to protect our athletes better. And so we put a tweet out, people were making comments. And here's one that I just, I have to read and I'll read it quickly. Alan made a statement and then the gentleman came back and said, I think what would be better than rigid helmets would be padding maybe like Jonathan Thurston uses. I'm pretty sure that would help as it would produce less acceleration of the brain tissue because the force will be slowed down by less fast cushioned. You could easily test the difference by banging your head on a table first with a pillow wrapped around your head or without, then you would see the difference. I don't think it would hurt as much with the pillow on your head than without. They may need to use this testing to figure this problem out. Are you kidding me? Somebody get me a pillow. Drives me absolutely crazy. The problem is, crazy guys, course. you've got to change the culture. The culture has to change. I like a fight. I, I like banging and crashing. The problem is we can't stop the brain from moving with inside the skull. So we need to find a safe way of playing these sports. Some of them may not. If we don't, guys, I know you don't want to hear this. We need to know it. But then before I leave this planet, sport will definitely change because the insurance companies are going to take this over. They're going to say, hey, we've given you 25 years to figure this out. You're not figuring it out. I, in your country right now, there are 14 and 15-year-old boys that are suffering concussions at the highest rate ever at 3.8% of every kid that's playing. When you do the numbers, those are large. 
if you guys, and I know you do, they think that 70 to 80 players this year in the AFL, which has 820 players, will have suffered a concussion, and most of them will not report them. It's a big problem. I'm not going to say it's a pandemic. It's an epidemic, and we need to do more. And doing shows like this and having qualified guests like what you have, we are on the right track. But everybody, wake up. Why can't we get the players, the referees, the fans to understand the gladiator approach to sport? Unfortunately, we all love to see blood and guts. Look at all the movies that we watch. But the fact is, these are human lives, and we are damaging our brains at an alarming rate. Please, everybody wake up. Let's get around the table. Everybody sit down. It's the best investment the AFL and the NRL can do is by bringing all of these associations, management, administration, you mentioned lawyers, bring the lawyers in, bring a doctor, bring a dentist, ball I care, bring players, coaches, parents all around a table, and let's build a concise plan to keep your sport, AFL and NRL healthy, and my sport, hockey, ice hockey, football, and the one big sport that people don't even talk about, lacrosse. Number one concussed sport in the United States right at this point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Gooch, just tell us a little bit about what we're about to launch, mate, in relation to concussed um, and why we're doing this uh, and what, you know, who we're, who, what the kind of thing we're going to do by launching this and who we're going to have on. Well, obviously, your guests see the, uh, the panelists that we have here tonight. They know that obviously we need to solve the problem uh, with uh, the issues that we've all suffered playing the game. Uh, I know we make light of it. I lived it. As you know, I went through suicidal uh, thoughts during my career. It was a very dark time. We wrote the book called Cuss. We're on the pathway of rewriting this and bringing in. These are stories. This was written in 2010. It was uh, talking about how we were damaging our brains and what we need to do to fix it. So this book written by myself and a guy named Keith Primo, who aren't doctors, realized that we were doing damage to our brains and we had to do something about since 2010, we progressed. We haven't gone forward. We've gone backwards. You know why? Because everybody's trying to sweep it under the rug. So I started a program called Concussed after the book. It's uh, understanding the invisible injury. And I think that's what we need to do. And Alan and, and Glenn, when you brought up the idea of these people coming and making comments, silly comments, there's another comment. And I think uh, I will not mention any names. I don't want to create any lawsuits, but there was somebody that came out in the paper and in the press a couple of weeks ago and said, everybody in the AFL has to wear a helmet. Why are we complicating this? That we know that the helmet does nothing. It's a myth. The helmet was designed in 1960 for ice hockey to prevent the stick of breaking open the skull. It had nothing to do with the concussion itself. So I decided to get rid of these myths and start telling people what it really is about. If you don't play, you guys have all played. You guys know when you get a when a dinger and you get, you know, you feel like the world is spinning. Um, when you feel that for one day, four days, 10 days, two weeks, three months, a year, five years, you'll start understanding that we need to do something about it. And so I'm really excited about it. It was Aaron pushing me forward, and I know you guys will be coming on it uh, soon. Uh, we're going to start the concussed uh, uh podcast. I think when I launched it two years ago, it was in, in COVID. It, it got really good reviews. The problem was I just didn't have enough uh, 
uh, viewership. So I think now, especially what's going on here in Australia and New Zealand, we know that there is an appetite not to sensationalize this. Obviously, CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, we know it's here. We know it's real. Just recently, I'm sure you guys read it, uh, Alan Pierce had mentioned that uh, Heather Anderson from the AFL Women's uh, had passed away. They had seen in her head or in her brain as she donated it to the Australian Brain Institute here, they found that she had uh, CT in it. This is real. This is now. And we all need to get proper information that is not a myth, not just pulling it out of Twitter space and saying, hey, I'm a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I am not. But you know what I am? I'm a survivor. I've been through this. I've been at the edge where I almost took my life. I know what I'm talking about, and I do not want people to go through what I've gone through and what we're seeing now play out in front of our, our faces on TV, on in the radio. We're all debating it. There's no debate. We're killing our young men and women. Let's stop it. We did it when people realized secondhand smoke was not a good thing for our kids. So we figured out how to stop it. So I think that's where we are right now. Lovey, you, um, when we were back doing um, Gooch Live, Aussie style and stuff, we approached David Parkin um, to come on, especially when all the concussion stuff was going nuts. And um, you had, um, uh, who's the lawyer? Peter, uh, Peter Jess, um, you know, yeah. all through the news and things like that. Um, Parkin didn't want to come on the show because as soon as he put his name up to, to anything with stop concussions that, you know, he, he knew the Melbourne media was going to go nuts. And the other thing, the one thing he did leave us with was that he's on the AFL Commission for Concussions and they hadn't met since 2017 and we were talking to him pre-COVID. So I can't assume they've met anytime sooner. So like Gucci is saying, it's, you know, they know it's going to change their game. They know it's going to cost them money um, and they don't want to do it. The thing I find frustrating with the AFL, I think the NRL are a few steps ahead of the AFL. Yeah. Uh, I, I genuinely think they are. They brought in dangerous tackle almost ten years ago. They've um, stopped the head, the head first tackle. They've stopped everything to do with the head. They've they've um, they've applied punishments for it, and they've got. A, I, I think they've got a pretty reasonable concussion protocol. You will miss X number of games. I see that extending. By the way, um, I, I, I only see um, that twelve day window that they call in the AFL now. I think there'll be a lot of pressure to make that a whole month. And whether whether the player reports it or not, that would have to be an independent commission, you know, commissioner, an independent body that would assess that medical body. Um, what I find frustrating with the AFL, and I, I called it out before, they keep chasing their own tail on head-high stuff. Yeah. How can you have a potential uh, lawsuit on your hand worth millions, if not billions, uh, amongst various ex-players and yet have a process and a system that essentially exonerates a footballer, in their accident or otherwise, exonerates a footballer with zero punishment for knocking him out cold. It's irrelevant how many it's actually irrelevant how many times the player itself has been concussed. The fact of the matter is the player was concussed. Now the AFL needs to work out and understand what it, what does it actually stand for on this head high contact. And so when, when you talk about compliance before, Aaron, every business assesses its risk appetite, okay? So every business has a risk appetite, financial risk, whatever the case. In this case here, what's the medical risk slash end of legal financial risk attached to all this? 
I, I, th I honestly think the AFL are still trying to work out how much they're probably going to need to pay out first before they then decide to take any action. So, in other words, um, let's keep concussion blokes. Uh, that's, that's, that's by the by. That's current rules. Um, let's keep being as inconsistent as possible at the tribunal with this stuff because we're just waiting to see how much we need to pay out first. And if we feel like the payout's absorbed, we won't change anything. And that, that, to me, is the saddest part about this whole thing. If you're going to stand for something on head high, make your rules. Make them concrete. Accident or otherwise, <laughs> um, you've got to pay a punishment. You've got to have a punishment. Um, you know, I, I played when I played football, it was well, it wasn't kamikaze, but it was pretty full on. I was chest out first. And I, I you know, I've, I had me eight concussions. I was out cold eight times. It, it is what it is. And there was multiple other times. But um, if I was able to play football now and there were certain – and there were rules that were put in place about the head-eye contact, I guarantee I would have had half. I would have been concussed half the time. I can, I can absolutely guarantee you I would have been concussed half the time. And that would be even more so at the AFL level. So, you know, for me – the, 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 the duty of care that the AFL's got. I don't know about players having the duty of care. They know that. The AFL's got a duty of care for the very, very blokes that they're not looking after at the moment. And that's their, that's their players at the AFL level, VFL level, grassroots. And Gucci, you make an amazing point, and I'm glad you brought it up. Young blokes, young women as well, clearly. Anyone playing this code and anyone playing a contact sport contact code, um... There's going to have to be things that are more mandatory than others at the adult level. There just has to be because without it, you know, kids are like they emulate what they see on the TV. They're not saying that they're their role models. They just see what's on TV a lot. Yeah. I'll go and play that way, you know. And I think that got to be able to somehow pull the kids back from themselves a bit. They don't know anything different. So, you know, it's it's got to be on these codes, particularly the AFL, to really pull back. And make a decision, are you feeding from about hand high contact or not? And if you're not, fine. Each individual participant can then make their decision if they want to participate in the in the in the code or not. And I can guarantee you there'll be more people that pull out than want to participate moving forward. If I do you think do you think there's a there's a a reluctance or and even an ignorance to sort of really engage and learn about Concussion at an AFL level. Yeah, from what you're, what you're what 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 you've sort of looked at and done in your experience. Very good question, and I'll give you two real quick examples. And Alan, you speak eloquently about it. It's absolutely so imperative that we take care of God gave us the the ability to take care of our most precious asset, our children's brains. That's that's our response. We're the adults in the picture. We must do a better job of that. When it comes to uh, the ignorance, Glenn, uh, I can tell you just two quick uh, examples. One, about 10 years ago when we first started Stop Concussions, I had Keith Primo, Wayne Primo, and Zenon Konopka at a hockey function. I had well over 2,000 participants. We set up a huge Stop Concussion booth. We had all the pamphlets. We had pictures. We had videos, everything going on. We weren't selling it with blood and guts. We're just saying, hey, this is what can happen. This is what you need to know. You as a parent, you as a kid, you as a coach. And we had probably about 
a thousand pamphlets made up. And how many pamphlets do you think on a two day weekend with over 2000 players? So that would be one and a half, like one, like a half a parent. Let's say there are 3000 people walk right beside it, right along by our booth. How many pamphlets do you think we handed out? 20. Three. Three. And what was really alarming was Keith Primo's a pretty big star there. We were having a little bit of a talk and maybe 10 or 12 people were sitting around listening. And there was a young boy looking up at the TV and it was just telling you about what the signs and symptoms were a concussion. And one of them, it was a mother that walked up to her son and said, come on, I want to watch this mom. No, 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 this is interesting. And off she went. I can guarantee you, mother, when that's not for sake, would get concussed. She'd be the first with her hand up saying, why didn't I know more? And so I think, Glenn, the issue is this. If it doesn't happen to me, who cares at the end of the day? Those players decide to play. And that's human nature, isn't it? Look, if, look it's, if it doesn't happen to you, it's some issue. So speeding, whatever it might be in life, I'm in my little bubble over here. I'm, I'm okay. So I'll stay okay. Then when it happens, oh, shit, why didn't someone tell me about this? What was I made aware of? Well, no, no, yeah. I'll go even further than that. It's not so much, oh, why didn't someone tell me? Who can I sue? Who can I get yeah, money out of? Who can I blame? Yeah. It's all care, no responsibility. It just Who's literally fault? is. It's, Who's it's fault sick. Is? Yeah. There's one other example, and it'll be quick. The uh, What happened was... It was here in Australia, and Sammy, myself, and I know Aaron has been in the background with Stop Concussions. I came here in 2011 with the idea of raising money and awareness with Stop Concussions. And I can tell you the debate's even bigger now than it was then on whose fault is this. And everybody's looking for somebody to blame. But the fact of the matter is they had aligned me up. I lined up Dr. Alan Pierce for uh, this event that was going on in Australia. And uh, I just don't want to alienate or put anybody on the spot right now, but this actually happened. They, they called me and said, listen, we're going to give you an hour uh, uh, time slot when all these kids and parents are here. They were all in the age of 16 and under, and we're going to want you to make a concussion presentation, talk about all the things that needed to know. And what we were going to present was the common stuff, like um, uh, change the mindset. Uh, maybe start thinking about the cause, effect, consequent of the injury. When the injury happens, where do you go? I can ask you for here, if you were concussed today in your area, would you know where to go? You go to a hospital. You wait eight hours in the, in the, uh, in the waiting room. You get to the doctor that's had 20 or 30 minutes of education on concussions, or he, goes and go- or he, or he or she goes and Googles it. That's the issue. So this event... They called me up just before and said, you know what, the, the powers to be have decided that they don't really want to bring it up under these circumstances. You know, it's a tournament and we just don't want to, you know, confuse uh, people. And I'm thinking, what better time? You've got all these people around. We're not going to sell stop playing. We're going to say play, but play with understanding that there is risk to everything that you do. You could walk across the street and get hit by a car. What do you do? You look both ways and you see that a car is not common, right? Basically. So with concussions, if you educate yourself enough to understand what the symptoms are, so your little son or daughter plays in this tournament, comes home and has flu-like symptoms and is unconcentrated and puking and, and the head spinning, headaches, 
you're thinking, oh, it's the flu. Let's take some Panadol. You'll be okay. But if they would ask the right questions, hey, while you were playing today, anything happened? Yeah, you know what? I got hit in the head. I didn't feel well. They put me back out there. That's what we're trying to do. We're not expecting to be the traffic cop. We're not expecting to be the doctor. Just under, it's your child's brain. Why wouldn't you want to educate yourself if you're going to allow them to play sport that not specifically has body checking, but has contact, incidental or organized? That's where we are, guys. Yeah, look, I, I think you make a great point, Gooch, and, and we, we're here talking about generally on a sports show, but concussions can happen anywhere, right, Gooch? Um, this, this isn't something that's related to the sports industry only, uh, and I think that needs to be taken in place. And, and today, obviously, is a, a really important day uh, in the mental health space with Are You OK Day? Um, and this is such a true one, um, ask, are you OK? Uh, no qualifications needed. This is such a simple message. Um, that's so honest and um, we're lucky to have great um, movement into this space in relation to mental health but nowhere near enough done and if it's ever needed uh, it's needed so much more now after COVID and on the back of COVID so um, we look forward to chatting about this space a hell of a lot more over the next year for sure we're going to try and do our little bit if I could just end it with me uh, I'll let you guys Go because I know I got a ton of stuff doing as the NHL comes to Melbourne. We're so excited. I just want to say that uh, how I got heavily involved in, in concussions is not only a, a personal thing, but it's something that a lot of people need to know. The parents need to listen to this. Young kids are making packed packs with their players saying, listen, I got concussed. I'm, you know, I'm popping aspirins. I'm, I, I got to play in this game because there's scouts coming to watch. Please don't tell mom and dad and all that sort of stuff. We lost a kid. Uh, his name was Eric Pelly with that same concept. He was concussed the week before. His best friend knew it. He, Eric made a deal with his buddy not to talk about it, not to tell anybody. Eric popped aspirins the whole time, went out and played in a, it was actually a rugby game in Pittsburgh, was hit, hit hard suffered his second concussion within a week, uh, within months. He went through all the trials and tribulations. Nobody knew how many concussions he had suffered because we didn't have a data bank. He had had concussions in soccer, uh, soccer, hockey, and the third one is in rugby, but they weren't crossing over. Nobody knew how many he had. Unfortunately, uh, he went and did all the scans. Everything was clear uh, nine days after the incident. The doctor had said, listen, if you're starting to feel better, go out and start working out, walking a little bit. On the ninth morning, uh, her, his mother, Joan Pelly, who is a very good friend of mine now, uh, was making breakfast, was talking to Eric. Eric said, hey, I feel really good. I'm ready to start maybe working out. As the mother turned around to put the eggs on the plate, his head was on the ground, and we had lost him to what's called second impact syndrome. Had that boy told, his, told Eric's parents he had been concussed, Eric would still be alive today. And so we're talking about lives. We're talking about not only the person that's affected by it, but everybody's affected by it. So we do have to stand up and say, enough's enough. It is time for all of us to take action. All of us, we don't, I want to watch sport. I love AFL. I love going to the MCG and seeing 90,000 people. The problem is, is that we can't be these gladiators anymore. We have to all work together to make the game safer. Yes, there's going to be incidental issues. We go in a car. Every time we get in a car, we can get in a car accident. Every time we play, we can get hurt. But if we mitigate the risk, it's certainly going to help us.
Great point. And Gooch, before you go, I just want to touch on the NHL game that's that's about to uh, land in Australia. But interestingly enough, uh, um, Eddie made a great point um, just in relation to uh, the game of ice hockey, and that's obviously what's coming here. And we talk about um, why in the NHL they're still allowing helmets and gloves off and fight. Should they outlaw it? Punish the behaviour. What's what's your thoughts on that? Obviously, you're so close to ice hockey around the world, um, but it seems to be still one of those sports that's still got the gladiator component. Well, Eddie Oliver, uh, I I know I haven't seen you in a while. Love to get together and we'll talk about this personally in the next couple of weeks. It'll be a lot of fun before I go home. It's simple. We now ice hockey has realized there is an issue, and it's just been passed. Eddie, you probably didn't see it on on the news, but it has been passed in the QMJHL. It's the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. It's one of our our feeder systems to the NHL. These guys are tough. Like we're talking to play in that league and come through it. And I played in the, that's the Eastern part. I played in the Western part of that league called the uh, Western Hockey League. In my days, man, you had to be tough, like really tough. Bench brawls, stick swinging incidences, people going up in the stands and fighting. It was absolute chaos. We brought it back down to some more, somewhat of, uh, uh, of a controlled environment. Uh, and then we continued on allowing fighting. And we know there are a lot of uh, fighters. You mentioned the movie Enforcer. If you really want to understand the issues in hockey, watch this, uh, this uh, movie called Enforcer. If you really want to grasp an understanding of concussions itself, go and watch the movie Concussions with Will Smith. It is absolutely phenomenal. It was about 10 years ago when the book came out. It's phenomenal. You'll get a real good understanding about, it's called exposure. It's the amount of times you're on a, a situation where you can have contact. So if you play 100 games or you play 20 games, your exposure is obviously more when you play 100. In the NHL- I want yeah, sorry, I'll just finish the point. In the NHL, they have not made the rule yet, but in the Quebec Junior uh, Hockey League, they have now put in this year, ice, uh, ice, ho- ice hockey fighting is banned. You can no longer drop your gloves and have a fight. So that's the start. It is the start because this is the league that feeds a lot of the players in the National Hockey League. There are people, as you know, in your sport, are kind of, hey, let's push the envelope as far as you can because I'll be out of the sport and it won't be my problem, but I'll still be able to enjoy the sport I like. And that's happening in our managements throughout the world. They're just waiting and buying time because they don't want to be the one that has to deal with. Alan, you mentioned lawsuits. There are going to be lots of lawsuits coming down the pipeline if we don't get a handle on it. So I think it started, Eddie, great question. It started in Canada in in that league. And I think you'll see it spread really quickly throughout all the leagues in North America. And eventually that feeder system will then uh, obviously eliminate fighting in the National Hockey League. I hope you're right, Gooch, because I recall when that movie was released in 2013, sporting organisations actually wanted it banned at the time. NFL protests to get it done. Yep. I, 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 I... I'm not surprised that that's the case. And I know that's the Quebec Junior League, mate, and that's fantastic. But I hate to say it, we're talking about America here. If they can't pass gun laws to stop shooting their own kids, um, I actually think you're going to have a really slow burn on this particular issue in, in, in general sports in America when they want to ban a bloody movie from 10 years ago 
I hope, I hope that they do progress it through the American sporting um, system, um, banning banning all sorts of, you know, fighting and combat. That, that, that's 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 kind of a that, that's a layup, right? So, um, but in America, I really hope that they see it for what it is and follow Canada's have you, lead. Have you have all of you seen the movie Concussions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the best line in the movie is when uh, the, the the lawyer is talking with Dr. Amula, the gentleman that I think is a Nigerian doctor who is challenging the NFL on that. They're, we're obviously damaging our brains at alarming rates. We need to do something about it. And there's something called CTE. And he's the one that starts challenging everybody on it. And of course, Will Smith is in there. And I, I got to meet Dr. Mula, and that's who played him. Will Smith did a great job on it. And the, and the comment came from the lawyer. Are you prepared to challenge the institution that owns Sunday? And when you think about that, we all think the institution that owns Sunday is the church. And that's what he thought he was meaning. And the, the lawyer said, no, you're going to challenge the National Football League. They own Sunday in the United States. It's a billion-dollar day. Billions are made throughout the NFL on that day. And what this doctor was doing to uh, the institution was putting maybe a stop to it, get rid of the shine. So that's why they tried to bury it, because they didn't want their sponsors seeing that the National Football League was actually throwing these players. Like what, what would happen if today we took those players and got them to play against a bunch of Lions and let them run around? And if they didn't make it, they got eaten by the lion. We're doing that. We're, it's the exact same thing. It's just we accept the fact that we don't see the blood and guts on it. So I think yeah. um, it, it's it's guys. It's a controversial space. It's great that you bring it up. Uh, I know that. I hope it's solved before I leave the planet. I hope for your children, your grandchildren, we do get a handle on it because we have to look at the other side of sport. Sport brought us so much. My skates are my passport to the world. I've been able to travel everywhere because I played this great game called ice hockey. And I think there are the intangibles that come from the sport, all sport, teammanship, learning how to play and work with other people under adversity, uh, the joy, the, the sorrows. The, in ice hockey, you fall down, you have to get up to continue on playing. There are so many great things that happen in sport. We have to focus on that. And while we're focusing on that, Try and solve this white elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said, Gooch. Um, all right. I just wanted, just before you go, I just want to touch on the fact that um, many years ago now, Gooch, it's been many years since uh, you we were lucky enough to meet um, and bring the ice hockey classic, Canada and USA ice hockey teams to Australia multiple times. Pretty much setting up and paving the way, realistically, for the NHL. Uh, to hopefully one day come to the country. Um, and we're blessed and lucky enough to be able to put the NHL now in the same arena that uh, we're blessed to have here, the Rod Labor Arena, arena for the Australian Open every year. Um, just tell us a little bit about what we come to expect. You came here, obviously, to coach Melbourne Ice recently, but you've also laying some really good foundations to continue to grow the game. Um, tell us what we can expect now. You were lucky enough to bring the great Wayne Gretzky here. No one's been able to do that. So, Gooch, thank you so much for being able to do that. Uh, I was able to, able and so was Sam, to somehow be on this ride. Uh, it's been fantastic. So, please enjoy this this series that's coming up, mate, on behalf of, you know, all of us and, and Australia to 
say thank you for everything you put in place. I know you're a humble man and probably don't take a lot of credit for really what happened to you, but they wouldn't have come here, Gooch, if you hadn't have done what you've done. So tell us a little bit about this game that's coming up and what really should these fans expect from from uh, the two teams coming. Jeez, you're making me cry. <laughs> um, thank you for that uh, very nice uh, compliment. Um, when I look back, and uh, I know that Sam and I talked about this before, uh, I can look back with so much pride and and uh, I am humble, but yet this is a situation where the NHL is here. We did pave the way to some degree. I remember being in the offices of TLA in New York uh, with the first meeting over this whole NHL. This was back about uh, eight years ago, probably just before we had Gretzky come out here and play. And I was sitting in a room with all the executives from TLA and the NHL, and they were all talking. And I was looking outside the window and where the office was, if you guys watched the New York uh, New Year's Eve bash, where they count down the ball drops, the ball was right there. And so I remember that specifically. And they were talking about, you know, bringing the NHL. And I heard at that time, a couple of comments were, you know, it's a lot of money. How are we going to support it? Obviously, uh, you know, it's a small market. And I always believed through learning through our ice hockey classic, which Sammy and, and Aaron, uh, I won't go into the details with the jerseys, but just having you on board, Aaron, and solving a jersey, it would have been Jersey Gate. Um, it, it has been an unbelievable ride. And I've heard comments like, oh, my God, it's only Arizona. Oh, my God, why didn't they have uh, Crosby here or Connor McDavid? It's always those naysayers, always the negative part. Guys, Gretzky has traveled to five countries, five in his life, to represent hockey. And you know where one of them was? Sydney, Australia. The NHL has gone to eight different countries around the world. And now they're coming to Australia. Let's not think about the negative part. Who cares what teams are here? They have brought a absolutely incredible show. I'm actually going to the airport in an hour to pick up the crew that's going to be building the ice, who happened to be our ice, Martin Arts. I'm picking him up. They're so optimistic of putting this rink in Rod Laver Arena, which I think, Aaron, you were at a couple of them, which were sold out. I can remember a picture of me drinking a coffee at the center ice where center court was. And when I look back with all the things that we've done together, guys, uh, obviously excluding Glenn and Alan because you weren't there at that time, but you will be one day with us. Um, we have to look with pride and honor that we were the ones that maybe paved the way. But let's not look in the past. Let's look in the future. You are going to see two incredible hockey teams. They're saying it's only L.A. and Arizona Coyotes. These are two very talented teams. And the NHL has not made the mistake the NBA did or MLB. They are bringing the stars. Anze Kopitar is going to be here. Uh, Drew Doughty is here. Uh, we've got Keller on, on the Arizona Coyotes. You've got some of the big brass coming. Bill Armstrong, uh, who's the general manager of the Arizona uh, Coyotes. There are so many great people coming that it is going to be a one-of-a-kind event. It's sold out on Saturday. On Sunday, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a bit of tickets left. On Thursday night, before it all gets started, they're having the Fire and Ice, which supports the um, Ice Hockey Australia. It's a great night where you're going to be able to mingle with some of the greats. Anson Carter, a lot of you people would know the name, played uh, in the 
uh, National Hockey League for over 10 years, a great career in LA. Paul McLean, an unbelievable icon in our game, uh, is coming. And you'll be able to actually be up close and personal. So everybody that has an opportunity, even if you don't know the sport, when you come and watch ice hockey played, it's a sport very similar to your AFL. It's action-packed. It's dynamite. Everybody is moving. There's uh, an incredible atmosphere in the room. People are passionate. The blood, the sweat, the tears is shown on every play. When you come and watch an ice hockey game live, there's nothing like it. And man, to be there on Saturday and Sunday and watch these arguably the best players in the world will be here playing in your country. We got to support it. So I'm looking forward to an unbelievable week. Uh, it starts tonight. And then I'm going to be on the road the whole time uh, tap dancing and selling our great sport of ice hockey. So, Aaron, thank you for allowing me to talk about that. Thank you for the compliment of uh, paving the way a bit. Uh, and having Wayne Gretzky here, when I look back, uh, I just saw a video of the gala. There was nothing. There he is. Um, that is the greatest of all time. Hey, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Um, all of you, I'd love to hear your answer. Wayne Gretzky, there's always a debate. You guys know that from era to era. Is Connor McDavid going to be better than Gretzky? Is Crosby already elapsed uh, Gretzky? Um, I know I've watched all of the greats. I had an opportunity to see Morris Richard play, who was one of the greatest. Bobby Orr, another incredible name. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was the full package. He was everything. He was arguably the, the greatest that's ever played. But he was more than that. He was unbelievable off the ice. There were no scandals around him. Everything was clean, very similar to Crosby. So my question to you guys, who would be the same iconic figure in uh, the AFL? Somebody that maybe was a great player, but had really bad stuff go on off the, uh, off the field. We know a lot of those guys, but Gretzky was that, that consummate professional in everything he did. Go around the table. Who's, who's going to start first? Lovey, kick us off. Said Lee Matthews, except in his career he had a police, he had a, he actually had charges laid against him after a game. So um, it's actually a really good question. I think from a clean skin point of view. I, mean, no, I don't I, necessarily I, have to be a clean skin. I mean Lee Matthews, uh, as you said, is probably known as our biggest name to have played the game. Gooch? No, but Gooch Gooch asked, who was a generational player? Yep. That also doesn't have any shit hanging off his profile. Okay. And I, I, I struggle to think of one in the AFL, to be brutally honest. I really do. Um, yep. Look, maybe, look, probably a Simon Madden, but he's not as famous as your Lee Matthews or your Wayne Carey or, you know, something like that. It, it's, actually a, it's actually a really good question. I'm not sure I can think of someone who's as generational as Wayne Gretzky in the AFL area. I mean, I was going to say... Until you find me someone who, until you can find me a player who we're still talking about four decades later, like we have Jordan, for instance, as well. Yep. Um, Jordan, Gretzky, uh, those guys. Um, oh, I don't think we've got anyone in the AFL. All right, like round that. the tables. Anyone got one? Kevin I've got one for you. Kevin Murray from Fitzroy. Brownlow Middleist. Yeah, righto. Is he yeah. mine? Righto. I've got one, uh, triple Brownlow Middleist. Bobby Skilton. Bobby Skilton, yeah. There you go. There's one. Uh, and to win three um, best on in the league uh, during those kind of periods is 
is still iconic today. Um, it's not a household name and such, but um, Traps, who have you got for us? Robert Harvey. Yeah, there's another. Uh, yeah, once again, again. It's, it's really, really hard to. Uh, not generational. Come up with that. But interesting enough, Gooch, um, you know, we know very little in respect of the game of hockey or ice hockey uh, as we know it in general, but there's not too many people that haven't heard of the name Wayne Gretzky, right? So to have had that reach over so long and so long ago when he played, um, it just shows you how truly iconic uh, Gretz is. And, and honestly, Gooch, could you could you even think of a – who would be a second – you've brought Gretz here now, so that's one done. Um, who, who would you bring next? Who would be your one player Sydney, that you could bring? Yeah. Sidney Crosby would be the next that would uh, be probably the most recognizable name. But you guys just meant, like you meant in Jordan, Tiger Woods. Think yep. about those names. There are only a handful of guys that you could actually think are worldwide known. You would find Gretzky would be known in Africa, for example, because there's a there's actually an ice hockey league there. Uh, all around the world, Gretzky and Jordans and Tiger Woods would be named. But I think I want to leave you with this, what I think is unbelievable. When you think of the players you just mentioned, how many trophies they've won and all that sort of stuff, Gretzky holds 10 records in the National Hockey League. He holds more than that. But these are the 10 records that probably will never be beaten. Most are uh, trophies. It's the highest uh, player to, to score every year. He was most goals in a season, 92. It will never be matched, even with Ovechkin. Uh, most assists in one season, 163. These are numbers that are just ridiculous. Most professional goals in a career, 1,072. He has outscored every player by tenfold. Uh, most heart trophies, that's the best player uh, in the league. He's got a record, nine of them. Uh, he's got the most career points. 2,857. Not another player is close by 1,000 points. Um, three consecutive 200-point seasons. There has not been a player even close to 150 points in a season in the last 10 years. 51-game uh, game point streak. So every he scored a point in 51 games, which is unheard of. And the last one is he scored 50 goals in 39 games will never be beaten. So I think that when you think about iconic figures that are known around the world but hold all of these trophies within, it's pretty tough not to say he's the greatest of all times. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I just want to leave you with this one image that, to me, symbolises everything that we've been trying to do in hockey and sport, Gooch. Uh, and to me, this one's it. Um, the next generation of the game and what a moment for that whole family. This kid will never realize how special no. that moment no. was, but um, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's great, absolute the best day you, you could ever come across. Yeah. We're growing this future generations of sport. Gucci, you've laid the foundations here for hockey, not only just hockey, mate, but you're, you're the one that continuing this concussion debate and discussion uh, and hopefully all sport and uh, in general benefits from this. So I really look forward to these chats. We're going to release this. It may not look exactly like this, but a oh, thing man. called concussed, um, basically understanding the invisible injury, and that's something we're going to release shortly, and we're going to get as many people involved as we can uh, from all sorts of discussions, uh, right down to local sport concussions. Lovey, you know, you touch on the fact you've had so many concussions. You know, there's so much of that story still to tell as far as, you know, what that does 
in the rest of your life as you go on. So there's so many of those silent um, discussions that we need to have a lot more of. So we look forward to doing that. Gooch, you've been awesome, mate. We only plan to have a short show, but once again, show number 101, we're going to dedicate to you, Gooch. Uh, top, topically, uh, the, the pies um, and the pie discussion was, was a great one. It was great to have it with you. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see you again so pretty soon, Gooch. Love you guys. Love you, lover. Glenn. Thank you, Gooch. Aaron. See you, Cobra. All right, boys. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of footy for five or ten minutes, uh, and just talk about our great game that we love, um, and and a couple couple off a couple of key points. But um, just before we talk footy, I, I just want to love you. I just want you to tell us a little bit about what happened yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Yeah, a couple of days ago, with uh, the New York Jets. What a disaster! Oh my god. So, all the hoopla. So, just go quickly in, in, in chronological order, mate. So, I just go from one to five in order of how shit the process was. Well, it's, no, I won't need to do that. It's going to be a very simple thing. It's going to be a very simple thing to talk about. It's one of the biggest wastes of money of all time I've ever seen in sports. Um, so, Aaron Rodgers signs on. Uh, with the New York Jets, left the Green Bay Packers after 14 seasons. Uh, 70 million bucks individually for the year. Uh, and it was, I think it was a five year deal, Aaron. I can't remember, four year deal, 70 mil this year. So they bring out the whole college looking football thing, and he comes bolting out with the American flag, uh, which is which is fantastic because it was 9 11, it was, it was very symbolic. Um, but the, the, the whole contract saga about will he sign on with the Jets, won't he? The amount of fight that the Jets actually put on to try and get him um, was credit to them. Then you get to the game and kick off and all the rest of it, and he's got first. He's got uh, he's got first chance with the football. One minute in to his seventy million dollar contract, he's no longer playing for the New York Jets in the 2023-24 season. So he'll he'll take his seventy mil, uh, but. And he'll play next year. He says he's going to play for the Jets next year. He owes them one. That's a fucking loot you do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've never, ever – I tried to break it down. So 70 million across one minute of work. Mm. That's over $1 million per minute. Um, don't even ask me to break it down per second. Yeah. And the worst part was it wasn't even a completed pass. It was incomplete. So yeah. – you know, didn't even make a play. And I I have to – we can debate this another time. If you can find me a bigger waste of money in sport, and waste I mean is in this stiff, and it's just – it is what it yeah, is. Yeah. But yep. at 70 mil in the cap, they can't get back. So um, now it looks like they're going to sign on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, hasn't played for seven years, seven, mm. eight years. Yeah. Uh, very, very controversial figure. Um, he might get seventy thousand, maybe, in yeah. comparison. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I was watching it, and I just, I couldn't believe it. And then you jump on the social media. That's the funniest bit. You jump on socials. These poor Jets fans. They haven't won a single thing for so many years. Yeah. And their Messiah comes in, and he's already on the cross within one minute of the football season. It's just done, gone. See you later time. They've already consigned themselves to another year of misery. 
Yeah, absolute disaster, wasn't it? Like, and it just happens to oh. me. I was on a podcast I just finished, and uh, I rang Gooch, and, and we we're having a quick chat about the game. Uh, and he said, have you seen the Jets game? And I said, no, no, what happened? And he said, and I just happened to flick it on ESPN. It was on. It was the last couple of minutes. Um, so we're going to bring Gooch on for a quick chat again just to talk about, has there been anything else like this that he knows of in the sport of hockey? What a disaster. Money-wise, oh. I get it. But also for the fans, all their hopes are gone. Um, and you're going to hope that he comes back next year. But Gooch, has there been anything like this, Gooch, in, in hockey that you remember? You guys just can't seem to get away from me. I love it. I'm like a ward on the bottom of the foot. It just won't go away. Uh, listen, there is one. And, and I, I'm, I I know there's controversy with Aaron Rodgers. I, I actually like the dude. He's cocky. And, uh, you know, he put he puts up numbers. He, he talks a lot, but he delivers. So I'll give him that. But you're right. When he came running out with that flag, I, he should have. The only thing he could have done better is if he was on a horse with a gun yeah. shooting. That would have been. <laughs> really um, I'll tell you what. There was a, a time in history in the National Hockey League, and it comes full circle to what we were talking about on concussions. Uh, we always hear the names like we talked about Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, which is also another incredible player. Is he the best of all times? But there was a player who was inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame that I got to meet a couple of times. His name was Eric Lindros, played for the Philadelphia Flyers, had a stint with Keith Primo, my obviously my co-founder of Stop Concussions. Um, in, 1980, uh, in 1998, 99, he had just signed a big deal again with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, and he was going to be, uh, he was going to break a bunch of records. And there was a player... His name was Scott Stevens, and Scott Stevens was known to be that guy that just loved to hover in the middle ice zone. He was a defenseman. Eric Lindros was a centerman, and he was known to crush people. He probably put 12 people out of the game with concussions. Uh, so he's one of those fashion crash guys, and he actually had to retire, Scott Stevens, Stevens himself, from concussions. He not only delivered, he took a bunch on his own. And Eric Lindros was coming through the middle. Eric was six. Let me just get his. I think he was 6'4. Yeah, 6'4, 240 pounds, just a, like a linebacker in football coming across the middle. He had his head down full speed. Scott Stevens saw it and just crutched him and put him out. And um, he was never the same player. And it was concussions that put him out. And his brother uh, was also the same size, six foot four, signed a huge multi deal contract. Uh, for the New York Islanders, and only lasted five games. It was millions and millions of dollars that they signed him for. So very similar. Right off the bat, uh, he took a concussion in his fifth game in the National Hockey League, was knocked out, and never played again. So the Lindros name really is synonymous with what just went on with Aaron Rodgers. Lots of money spent and only a few games played. Uh, you feel sorry for the athlete. At the end of the day, whether you like them or you don't, if you don't like Aaron Rodgers, or you do, God, the family, it's not about the money. I know we always talk about it, but he's 39, tearing his Achilles tendon. Man, if anybody could do it, it could be him to come back. But that's a really, really, really tough injury to come back and play. So we wish him all the best. Hopefully he gets through without too much pain. I had my Achilles tendon stretched a couple of times. It's not an injury you want to have, especially when you tear it. Absolutely. All right, Coach, I'm thanks for now. joining us. You're never out. See you soon. I'm frozen. <laughs>
<laughs> there he is. The great Gooch. He's fantastic to have. What an asset to have. Uh, as a great friend of mine and uh, having him back on the show to talk concussions. Because, boys, that's a really exciting uh, conversation. Not an exciting conversation in respect, but a really exciting time to have this conversation. And we're going to be kind of part pioneers in in keeping, um, even down a local sport, uh, hopefully hopefully making a difference um, in this space. So, Lovey, I know you want to touch on Are You OK Day. Um what an important moment it is, uh, just in not only sport, obviously, nothing to do with sport. This is this is really to do with life. I touched on it before, but um, we really need to get this Are You OK ambassador uh, up and going or on or someone uh, to talk to um, because Are You OK is probably one of those ones that's probably early in the space in relation to mental health, um, but there's so many more that we want to reach out to as well. But just tell us a little bit about your thoughts on today. I think the sooner we do, the better, because it's coming up to that time of year where the, the mental health of a lot of people gets stretched a bit because of finances, family issues, et cetera, et cetera, around Christmas time and the rest of it. So um, I think the sooner we can try and find someone from the Are You OK movement to jump on the show, the better. But, yeah, it was interesting. I was at work today and, um, you know, it's, it's to me it's a very simplistic kind of concept. It's literally just a case of it could be someone you know, it could be someone you haven't you haven't spoken to in a month, two years, whatever. Um, just literally picking up the phone or you know, not sending an email, but just either talking, either verbally or actually one on one, face to face, and just because that's when you can see if someone's not quite right. You can either hear their tone or you can see it in their face and the rest of it. So for me, are you okay, Dave? Literally, just the easiest check in you can do that can actually help someone. Someone's day get better yep. uh, or more extreme. Just cut that, cut that momentary um, thought about doing something very, very sad and drastic. So it's happened. Uh, a lot of people have said literally phone calls have saved their lives, and um, or people literally knocking on my door two minutes before they've chosen to go and do something really drastic, and they've never thought of it after that. So. Um, I, I find the whole mental health in general is an issue for us is something we're still so far behind on. It's not funny, yeah. but it, this is just a really simple step to help that along the way. Um, you don't have to be a doctor to do it. You don't have to go to medical seminars and things like that to understand it. It's it's you helping someone else out next to you. It's you thinking about everyone but yourself, I, I yeah. guess. And uh, if you can do that for a few minutes in the day or half a day or whatever, then um, you should do it, and it shouldn't become this. Shouldn't become a slogan thing. It just should be a habit. That's that's the other thing I'll say. This yep. this can become a habit for you to do as a good person is just get in contact with different people that you know and just tap in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and to be fair to Gooch, he that's exactly kind of how what started with him during COVID. He yep. and he's pretty much from day one. He's one of those people that needs. You know, wants to reach out and always has reached out to people, started his own yep. podcast, had this discussion. In the end, it inspired me to do this one. So, I mean, it's been a great um, outlet, really, for all of us to talk in general. But Are You OK Day, specifically this year, uh, there's a couple of key messages there. Ask, are you OK? Listen, most importantly. Encourage action and check in. Um, so hopefully we can get someone on. I know it's going to be past Are You OK Day, but you're right, Lovey. We need to talk about this every day uh, and not just once. Um, yep. 
absolutely. So, Cuz, you got any quick thoughts before we move on to? No, it really was quite lovely. It's a very important day, and as you said, it should, it should. It's an easy thing to do. Just check in on someone. Yep. I think that's half the reason, as you said, as why we started the podcast. So it's important that we we do it on a daily basis, not just on an RUAK day. Something yep, got to be absolutely. on top of all the time. Yep, well spoken. All right. Um, the big question, boys. Uh, there's two teams that potentially could just go out in straight sets now that are in the we're in the top four. Uh, concerning if you're a Melbourne supporter, and concerning if you're a Port Power supporter. Um, realistically, boys, I know it can happen, but what are the chances? Uh, sadly, Sam's not with us. Who's, who would punch the argument for the for the Blues? And that's why he originally was going to jump on. But um, thank fuck, he's not on then. Correct. Uh, we've heard enough from Carlton supporters over the last weeks. I really hope the demons Hi, can silence uh, Carlton quickly. Are you nervous, uh, Yeah, I'm incredibly nervous to be honest. Um, and it's so. It's nice that this podcast has kind of come up because I'm not thinking about it at all till right now. But, um, look, I hope there, there's a lot of issues up forward. That's the biggest issue for me, uh, forward to centre. Um, I think we can get them defensively. Uh, you know, like everything, um, they're there to be beaten. Uh, the question is, is who's going to do it? Carlton are on momentum, pure momentum at the moment. Um, I think they can keep going. But what's your... What's your thoughts, Cuz, on Carlton right now? Oh, look, Carlton have got the momentum, but I think you're a better side, though, mate. I know you've got your forward issues. But better I just think sides don't necessarily get the job done, though. No, so you're, you're right. What, what have Melbourne think... done differently? What are they going to do? And what are they? What can they tweak to make sure this doesn't happen again? What happened on the last week? Well, I think a lot of you touched on. Like, I think Harm's got a plan out of me. Well, he's not selected. So not even selected as an emergency. So that's disappointing for me because I really – I'm a big harms man. Um, but realistically, he's probably not in our best 22. Um, the question is, is is he coming in as a stopper or what's he coming in to do? That's the question. Who so, harms? Yeah. Not even 100% fit. So. Correct. So I think it's too much to ask at this point. Um Lovey, what's your thoughts? Uh, I know you know there's a there's a couple of new boys come in, but I really think they're just patching patching some old wounds, really realistically. So I look at your ins and outs. So for Melbourne, it's Tomlinson, Spargo, and Jordan in for Brayshaw, Laurie, Van Ruin, and Hibbard. Um, the Hibbard one's an interesting one for me. Yeah, it's a big it's a big out for me. Big out. Uh, is, he, is he injured? Injured? No, no, it was, no. was actually omitted. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming they feel like they don't need it because Jack Martin got suspended. So it's kind of a small for small, Carlton's forward half, Melbourne's back half. So I think Melbourne have clearly got matchups that they specifically want across the ground, if that's the case. The issue for me, I've got with Melbourne, I agree with you, mate, and I'm not I, – I, I get the sense that maybe Tomlinson might be swung forward. Yeah, because that would be a really interesting move. Van, Van Ruin. Well, Van Ruin's out, right? Now, they haven't brought yep. Grundy in. Yep. So they're not going to play with those four tools like they did last week, which I think is a good thing. I think yep. having Spargo and Jordan coming in, they can rotate forward at the same, as well. 
particularly Spargo, right? So yeah. I think your I think your ins and outs are good. Um, like I said, Tomlinson's a bit of a swing man by the looks of it, and I think he might even go in the ruck while Gorn plays forward. So there's a little bit of there's a bit of intrigue on that one. I I'm not surprised with the Silvani one. He hasn't played since round 17 yeah. um, for Carlton. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like Melbourne's chances a lot in this because Carlton have lost a third of their first six for half players. Mm. Mackay, and look, I know Mackay's my line, but he, he's done a lot of very, very good defensive acts, acts particularly last week. Yes. Jack Martin um, takes away a lot of pace in that uh, around that forward half of Carlton as well. And they're goal kickers. When they're on, they're actually goal kickers. So a lot falls on Charlie now. And the problem I have for Carlton now with Harry McCoy out is Jake Lever could have the absolute game of his life here. You, you plonk Stevie May on Kerno all night, then Jake Lever goes to work all, all, all the whole way through. And for me, that's where... You can absorb some either 50-50 or if you don't win as much midfield ball as you'd like, yep. don't believe it's just going to set himself up the whole night and then you guys can just go to town from there, I think. That's that's where I think the Harry Mackay omission really hurts Carlton. Um, so for me, I've got Melbourne winning by three goals. It's going to be a pretty close game right through. Yep. But I don't think Melbourne are going to go straight sets two years in a row. There's no way. I don't think, I don't think they'll allow it. So for me, I think... Track or go berserk, um, and I've got yeah, I've got his winner by three goals. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully, um, Kennedy comes in for Matthew Kennedy comes in from last game was around seventeen, so not that long ago, but um, definitely underdone for sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see um, how the Blues go. Yeah, He's a good foot sure. soldier. That's all right. Yeah, he might go to Oliver. He might go to Oliver. Yeah. Um, Look, definitely Oliver was off his game. I think, to be honest, I, I just sensed that Oliver was very rattled regarding the Brayshaw incident. Um, and he kind of commented a little bit on that. So, one sec. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of rolls out um, as the week goes. Obviously, it's the first game. The really interesting part is we've got, um, we've got uh, Carlton, obviously, versus Melbourne. Right there at the at the G, ninety thousand plus again, directly over the road, the Melbourne Storm versus Sydney Roosters at thirty odd thousand. Played on the same night, absolutely ludicrous. Um, when the NFL, uh, sorry, N- NRL could have had really clean uh, air, I think, on the Saturday. But anyway, um, it'll be what it'll be. I know it's pro, it's all all up against uh, each other. So that's disappointing for me because. I've got to get to a point where I've got two screens going and, and push my alliance either way. But, Cuz, uh, what's your thoughts, um, Demons and Blues? Oh, look, I'm with Bobby. I don't think Melbourne will go out to throw Ted's two years in a row. I think they're better than that. And I yep. think they'll win by three or four goals on Friday night. Who kicks them, mate? Who kicks the goals? That's the question. Look, I'm with Bobby. I think Tom Monson could be a swingman, could go forward into the ruck. Yeah, look, he's list. Well, you never believe where they line up, where they put him in the list, but he's he's lined up at fullback. Um, uh, so let's see. Obviously, Grundy's still down as an emergency. Anything can happen in relation to when you talk swing. There could be swing changes too. So who knows what's going to happen uh, and how they're really going to line up? Because they pull. To be fair, uh, Melbourne could pull one out of the 
you know, out of the bottom of the packet in respect of uh, a surprise. So who knows? Um, weather's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be perfect night. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I think it's Tom McDonald's last. I think it's Tom McDonald's last crack at it too. So sure. don't be surprised if he's having a bit. Of, if he's going to have a real fair income game tomorrow night too. He could come yeah. out with four or five of his own. So yeah, very interesting, capable. Interesting enough, Melbourne and and uh, Carlton are both very good defensive teams. No question. So this could be a low score. Um, the question is. Scoring's great to keep holding someone to a score, uh, but if Carlton get away and get off the chain, my concern is that can Melbourne drag them back um, and kick those five or six goals? And in question is who's it going to come from? Um, that's the concern for me. Petr- has a lot of a lot relying on Pickett and Petrarca, um, but let's see. Uh, Spargo so could be so which, the dark horse. Which team absorbs that pressure in that last quarter better? It's going to be Melbourne. I think so. Yeah. Well, yep. So that's 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 the crux of it, right? I, Carlton have been brave as shit of a club as they are. They've been brave, and I think that um, being brave is great. All Sydney did wrong last week was not kick straight. They absorbed yep. the pressure. They applied pressure, and Carlton wilted. Yeah. Carlton crumbled after half time. They really did. The problem was that Sydney didn't capitalise on that. And I think Melbourne need to make sure they don't do the same thing they did last week. They make they make Collingwood panic. Yeah. The, the the best team in the comp. They made Collingwood panic. So I think Melbourne I think Melbourne win this because they know how to manage finals pressure better and they've just got a better structure right now for me. Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, Saturday's game. Um, Port Adelaide versus the Giants over in Adelaide, obviously. Charlie Dixon in for Port. Um, Dylan Williams omitted. Jeremy Finlayson omitted. We've got... GWS, Stephen Canigula comes in after cleaning, clearing up that eye uh, complainer issue that he had. Uh, Nick Haynes is a sub. Interesting, they named the sub straight up. Uh, and Xavier O'Halloran omitted um, with Daniel Lloyd playing his 100th game. Boys, what's your thoughts? Will Port Power go out in straight sets? That's the big question. I think GWS win this by four or five goals. Yep, okay. Um yeah, Bear, do you want to elaborate a little yeah. bit more on that? Where's, where's it coming from? <laughs> it's a big statement. Uh, big probably, statement. The best, probably the best informed midfield at the moment. Yeah. The vibe. Yeah, it's the vibe. It's just, yeah. just the vibe. It's now, the vibe. I, 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 think, I think there was Smokey to win the whole thing. Wow, that's, that's a bigger call. Bigger call. Uh, they win the whole thing, mate. Oh, here we go. Here oh, we go. It's going to be good. Oh. It's going to be good. No, 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 no. You, you made the comment. So if they win the whole thing, yeah. you, I will pay for you to have a GWS logo on the top of your foot. Tattooed. <laughs> Toby Green tattoo, I think. I can see it coming. Stump, stump up, mate. Stump up. You're going to make grandiose statements like that. Oh, I think it'll be tight. It's a big call, the whole thing. I mean, obviously, who, who does GWS play next? Is it Collingwood? Collingwood. Yeah, massive, massive guns. Um, and yeah. obviously, hopefully if Melbourne get through the path, then is obviously they're going to get through uh, the Lions in Brisbane with another massive challenge. But anyway, one hurdle at a time. Let's get over uh, the Blues first. But they're, the question is, they've won 10 grounds in NFL, Jerry Yeah. 
Then no. rolling is no fear for them. Holds no fear. Actually, for it's actually eleven grounds. Eleven isn't it? It's eleven. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Put on a- yeah, so so you're right, Cuz. If anyone's in a position to actually do that, it's going to be GWS. Uh, they travel well. They believe. There's belief in Adelaide. The question is, I'm sure they've won at that Adelaide ground, right? That's the question. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's belief there. Um, let's see. Toby Green's got these boys up, primed. Caniglia has a big in. Um, I think the biggest in uh, was the ex-Demon boy that's up there. Uh, Bedford, I think he's been unbelievable, to be perfectly honest. Um, Did you let go of the wrong small forward? Yeah, God, I'd I'd absolutely pay tickets. Unbelievable sheets to get him back right now. Um, Who would you you move on for him? Yeah, well, it's interesting because... Yeah, probably Spargo. And and interesting enough, Spargo could have the last laugh coming in this week and hopefully he can do something similar. But, God, will we need it? so the question is, if it's not GWS, what's your thoughts, Lovey um, and Port, and where do they get it done? Uh, they were pretty average last week. Brisbane were great, though, don't get me wrong. Look, I think Port were the one team last week that were on a hiding and nothing, to be honest. And I, I called it at the start on this podcast a month ago that anywhere outside the MCG, Brisbane are the premiership team, and I still hold true to that. I think they're, they're, they're just an amazing football club right now. Um, Support, you know, they had to. They just had, they took a hit. They got nowhere near it. They move on. They've they've bagged themselves up. They're ready for a home game in in, in Adelaide. And um, I do think they're made of sterner stuff than what some people are suggesting. Um, even young blokes have got a bit of pride about themselves. And that that young midfield let themselves down a bit last week. And I kind of said that when you haven't got Wines and Boak in there sharing the load in a final, um, yeah. you get fanned out a bit. And I think that'll change this week. Um, I think you'll find Wines will spend quite a bit of time in the middle uh, uh, this weekend and both being a sub, please. Uh, he's got to play the full game. So right. I'm hoping they do that. Um, Charlie Dixon, for me, becomes huge for, for Port and that's mainly a ruck thing rather than a forward thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been pretty obvious that Port, well, why sets a battler, he's great, but his best footy's behind him now and... Um, I honestly think Charlie will straighten him up. The only thing for Charlie, he's got to make sure he stays fit for the whole game. Um, yeah. Doesn't fall apart again. He He's a bit like Tom McDonald. He he could turn around and kick five from on the weekend and yeah. win the game for him. Um, I, I do think he's a more trustworthy footballer as well once he's out there as opposed to Finlayson. Finlayson comes across as a bit of a, a sookie year, year 12 student or a year 11 student. You know, If it's yeah. not going right, then I want to throw the toys out of the cot. So... I do think Port hit back, and I do think their midfield. Um, I, I, look, GWS are good defensively, but they're not overtly physical. And Brisbane did Port Adelaide over last week physically in the middle. Um, those those hardened bodies of Brisbane in the midfield are just ridiculous. Um, Neil, Dunkley, McLuggage. Um, you won't get three harder midfield bodies that can also run. So mm-hmm. they would have learned from that. I think they win. I think they win pretty comfortably on the Adelaide Oval by about six goals. I think it's been a good run from GWS, but yeah. where do G, where do GWS's goals come from? Uh, you know, that's my that's my thing. I think the weak part for Port Adelaide's team is their is their back half, but the thing with GWS's forward half is they're reliant on Hogan a lot. 
from a from a target perspective. So, you know, I, I honestly think it's a bit of a nil or draw in that area of the ground. So it's midfield. Port win by six goals. Yep. Okay. Um, how much by – did you say GWS by how much, Cuz? I reckon it's three to four goals. Yeah, okay. Righto. Um, I'm going to play – you, mate? Reckon, no, I reckon Port are going to get it done. I just think there's there's no way they want to go straight sets either. Um, and they're just going to – GWS on a good run, don't get me wrong, but I think Dixon's a big in, big in. Um, and I think he's – no doubt whether he gets the goals or – we all know what he can be like. He can be like a Tex Walker and really – rip the game apart. But the question is, you know, that big body, someone's got to play on him. That's another free guy somewhere else. Ball's going to come to ground. Dixon just needs to be out there being a big basher, um, crashing packs, getting the ball to ground. And I think naturally he'll kick a couple himself. So um, I think it's going to be enough to get them over the line. The question is uh, after that, you know, where do they go from there? So we'll talk about that next week, hopefully. But uh, Sammy, You've had you missed your chance, mate, to talk up the blues. So uh, Adelaide internet isn't great. Um, so I'm sure you're at the back pedaling just to get the lights back on. But um, thanks for joining us on the show tonight, Gooch. You've been amazing, um, and look forward to having you on again, um, boys. But we just can't finish uh, the show without this conversation, Lukey Costa. When is Glenn <laughs> shaving his Harsh critic, Lukey Costa, um, but he did say, like me, he thought it was terrible initially, but he actually loves it now. So he's joined my party in respect of how how long and how low can you go and how red and how grey can it be, because um, that's what we're looking forward to in the next uh, next few weeks. Nice. So that's about the only reason I want the house to drag on the sale a little bit more, because you said you're not shaving it off till the sale's done. But we look forward to that big right. thick. The big thick. I might keep it. I, I like it. I might keep it. I do like it. I actually uh, think the longer the longer it gets, the probably more it suits you. And I look forward to the the dirty handlebar mustaches as well. But I'm I'm a little bit worried about the big hairy under chin that really should be just trimmed trimmed back a little bit, mate. I'm sure Lovey's not. Trim back a little bit the weekend, maybe. Gonna, he's um, going to look like a Brunswick Street Fitzroy renter in about two weeks' time. It's just horrific. Absolutely nice. horrific. Just Beautiful. shave it, mate. You just just stop, please stop. Like that Michael Jordan. It's like that Michael Jordan drugs ad using years ago. Just stop. Just by the you know. by the way, cuz we do have to ask: Are you okay, mate? No, I am okay. Thank Beautiful. you for asking. Great to hear. And if anyone's got any time, make sure you get out and have a look at this uh, global series of NHL. We're pretty blessed to have this in all places of Australia uh, in our hometown in Melbourne. So, by the way. Go Melbourne Storm. Boys, I'm sure you're both on the Storm. Lover, you need to be because you're St. Georgia. Just didn't fire a shot. Um, but if not, let's just touch on that quickly. Do, do you think um, are the Storm going to go on straight sets? There's another question for you. And the Roosters obviously have got an opportunity down here, but are the Storm going to be too good? I'd go if, the storm can't, if the Storm can't get over a depleted Roosters this week, yep. then they just don't deserve to be in it. That's it. Yeah. I know the uh, I know I know the big cheese is uh, given a bit of lip to Munster during the week, so he thinks uh, they're a big chance. Um, but who Pappy, knows? Can, Pap- can Pappenhausen take a trip? No, uh, it wasn't that just the most shad- talk about uh, shattering episodes. Obviously, nothing to do with cash on that one. But thank God for him. Thank God. Uh, the good news is is that 
Uh, break wasn't as bad as they kind of first thought. It wasn't compound, um, and it looks like it's just tendon and tibula, I think it is, um, which will mean he's he's kind of in a good position and hopefully about 12 weeks pre-season. and he's back up and running. Yeah, pre-season. back to pre-season. So a monster yeah. 2024 for him. So get back yeah. on the storm. Um, my daughter and her boyfriend's lucky enough to be able to get there uh, for the game. I've given up my tickets because I'm too nervous to just go. I've got to watch the Demons. But hopefully... I, I'm going to struggle to be honestly to watch. What's the thoughts, boys? Am I should I be watching both, or just shut off the storm, watch the game, watch the storm, shut off one and watch the other? Right, Abel. The question is, because are you going to spoil it for me? You're not going to see the storm. storm You can't trust Glenn. You can't trust Glenn. So you're going to have to. So you're going to have to watch both at the same time. What I want is for Sitel to record this whole two-hour episode. And see you absolutely just losing your fucking nana. Well, I can set up a stream yard over here, this. and like, then over I might, there. I might set up. And you a got one eye over here, one eye over there. Yeah, you, you, I want to see you go trop out uh, uh, two sports at one time. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, the thing with the Melbourne Storm, you do get is you know you, your team's given one hundred percent. Not saying my demons aren't, but God, that's the reason I jumped on the Storm in in ninety eight was the reason to. Uh, I knew that. There was something new, something special about them, and we talked. I had an episode at ninety eight on ninety nine on the other the other night, and we talked about Melbourne Storm uh, and the greats. And there's the jersey I was wearing in ninety eight doesn't fit me like it did <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Let me tell you, but um, it's great to have it in a little piece of history. So um, I, while we got it, I I can't. You know, we've spoken about him tonight, Gretzky, and we're just going to finish the show with probably. Um, I know you boys weren't here for it, but I'm hoping I've still got it on here. And here I have no, the, the famous 99s. We're just going to finish that with the show. So obviously we're going to right we're done we're done with the tributes after that because I'm not going 100 ones. Um, but here we go with uh, the famous 99s, boys. Thanks for joining us. Um, I know we've got a couple of shows coming up, so I'll let you know some more details coming soon. Great to have a sports yeah. chat. Fantastic to have the concussion chat and the pie debate. Three episodes in one. That's why it's gone for two hours. Um, but that's what happens when you start at 7 o'clock. Go and have your dinner, boys. Uh, and See thanks boys. for joining me. See ya.